0: Hello everyone, here is Daniel Budai with another episode of our eCom show. And uh, today I'm here with uh, Rakifat from uh, maple.com. She's the marketing director of the company. And if you stick to the end of this video or podcast, then you will learn a lot about this platform and how you can use it to grow your business. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients. And generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to the and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. How are you today?
1: Hey, Gail. Great, great. How are you?
0: Yeah, everything is, is good here. I'm really happy to have you here. I'm really curious what your personal journey is. So. Is it the first business you are in or?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so first I've been with Maple uh, for the last three and a half years already. <laughs> so a long journey within Maple itself. Before that, before I joined Maple, I was a consultant for eight years. So I was working in consulting firms, You know, helped over 100 organizations, from all sizes, B2B and B2C, mostly with you know the CMOs to build the right strategy, business strategy, marketing strategy, making sure, you know, from a planning point of view, they have everything in place. And I think, you know, that, that journey was exactly the right journey also to bring me into Maple because you know you're building all those beautiful strategies and everyone's happy with the presentations and everything. And the planning looks perfect, right? You have the KPIs in place, everything is there. But then when it comes to ex- execution, uh, a lot of companies, you know, find it through. Really 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 hard to make the dream come true. And a strategy is some kind of a dream, you know, you're basing on data and everything, but still it's something that you want to fulfill and it's not so easy to fulfill. So when I heard about the idea of Maple, it was really the first steps of the company.
0: I think many companies, they have this issue that the strategy sounds or looks good on paper, but they struggle. I know the strategy is hard as well, but many companies, they can actually nail it, but the execution is even harder. and They struggle to do it. Either they don't have the right people, maybe they don't have the budget. There are different reasons. Or maybe the leader is not competent enough, but I know it's really hard to see that. So there are many reasons and I can definitely see this uh, gap on the market, let's say. So was this the original idea of Maple to help companies with implementation?
1: Basically, yes, but it started a little bit differently. It started from saying the marketing industry and how it works today, and you know basically the the issues in the industry. And it was like a very big dream saying, "Hey, let's just solve all the trust issues in the marketing industry," <laughs> which yes. is a very big statement. And unfortunately, there are a lot of trust issues when talking about marketing. A lot of pain points companies really experience every day when they want to expand their teams, when they want to you know start a new activity, or you know improve. A current one, I think we spoke about strategy. So there are three main things a company needs to have in place in order to really succeed with its business, right? It has to have the right strategy because you can do amazing execution, but if it's not, it's not on the right direction, there is no chance it will work. You have to have the right people, as you said, because this is exactly about execution. Execution is be- based on the right people and the right management. And the right people are hard to find. The industry is fragmented. Everyone's saying, hey, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best experts. I'm the best agency. There are so many agencies. many experts there are no barriers to our industry right everyone can call themselves an expert and unfortunately a lot of uh, businesses starting to work with the wrong people saying you know bad results bad service uh, and get disappointed and really you know, the trust is going, uh, you know, decreases as they work, uh, as they experience more. And this is where Maple started. It started from, hey, there are a lot of marketers out there. A lot of them are talented. A lot of them are super talented. But for a business to find one that would really fit what they need, it's very hard, almost impossible. This was the, the place Maple started from.
0: Let's talk about your vetting process. How do you find that? Because just as you said, it's such a saturated market and everyone claims that they are the best and, you know, everyone try to sell themselves, which is fine, but it's really hard to see who is better at marketing and who is, you know, less. So just starting out, first of all, where do you find the right talent? What channels do you use or they show up themselves? Or how does it look like? Uh,
1: so first I would I would like to say that the marketing talents are having trouble within this market as well, right? Because when you're super talented, but there are so many others that claim to be as well. It's hard for you to stand out, it's hard for you, you need to work a lot. And we know that around 40% of anyone's time when you're a freelancer or run an agency goes for you know the deal pipeline, managing the account the, the the customers, more about managing and maintaining your business rather than doing the professional work. So there are a lot of pains for the marketer side as well. So for us it's not so hard you know, given the value proposition we offer to both sides to onboard new marketers. The only hard part of the process is really the vetting process, because we always say we, we, you know, our enemy is the sales pitch. We don't like the sales pitch. We really want to make sure the vetting process is very counter sales pitch in a way that it really relies on true data. And instead of saying, I'm the best, I want to see from, you know, with my own eyes, she or, or he are really the best. And this is what, you know, the vetting process is all about. Today, from the ones that are qualified to go on the vet, you know, as part of the vetting process, only 12% of marketers uh, manage to go through it. And the way we do it is, again, based on data. So, for example, if I'm a media buyer, you know, I run Facebook ads, I count a maple, I want to get vetted. You know, I'm going to fill in a lot of case studies and everything about myself, but this is the part where I tell about myself, I build my profile, uh, but you know, in order to really get vetted, you're invited to a vetting meeting, uh, which lasts uh, 90 minutes. And during that meeting, you are I'll be required to share my screen and actually show you uh, how I build campaigns, how I structure mm-hmm. campaigns, what are the KPIs that I've achieved for different brands and different niches, because the vetting process is not only about saying you are a very good marketer running Facebook ads, it's also about saying you're a very good marketer running Facebook ads for fashion brands so this is super important because the next stage after the vetting is the matching it's not only about working with the best Facebook ads expert but also working with the best Facebook ads expert for my specific business
0: yeah interesting first you try to find a fit for a service let's say but also for the niche and this is how you come up with a very specific person or area and you also mentioned it's 90 minutes that's quite long
1: <laughs> yes <it is. laughs>
0: yeah yeah. We usually have like 30, 40, 50 minutes long conversations. Speaking about data, you also mentioned that your approval rate, that's like 12%. I think ours is even less, but I think most companies, they don't have this really. They they are happy if they find somebody who is good enough. So one mindset that I uh, always tell to our HR team is that it's not about who is the best applicant, but it's about if the applicants or one or a few of them, they are above the quality level we seek for or not and if nobody that's completely okay we start again but other times i think we had one round of account managers where we hired five of them within one year because they were so good you don't have to hire someone because yeah you have time i think it's much better to find good talents and wait a bit more than hire someone because you have to.
1: For sure. It's critical because, uh, you know, when businesses compromise on the quality of talent they hire, they not, not only, you know, lose time and money and eventually, you know, they're they're compromising on their business, which is, you know, no one wants to do that, obviously.
0: And I think you want to surround yourself with good people because it's almost like a family or actually you spend even more time with them than with your family. So they should be good people. The other thing is, I think I could see it in your website. You have less than 1,000 people, so it's not like Upwork or fiber or some kind of mass freelancer place where there are tens of thousands of people. How many people do you have?
1: Yeah, that's true. So we have just above 600 vetted experts on our platform. And the reason the number is not like thousands, again, it's not, uh, most traditional marketplaces are based on transactional relationship. Yeah. I want to have a graphic designer, I come, they cost $150, I hire them, and this is where the project ends. When talking about marketing, we're talking about partnership. We're talking about someone who will be in charge of something very very critical to the business success and you know we, we see them the, you know how meaningful those, this partnership is and invest a lot in making sure not only the partnership succeeds but also you know after they start working with someone we are there with the brand with the, with the marketer to really make sure it works. So we have a full platform and BI tools and and growth strategies that are, Mm -hmm. you know, there. So it's not, you know, a very simple kind of transactional marketplace where you just, you need to choose someone yourself. uh, And, you know, after, you know, you start working with them, they're good or not, you know, it's not the marketplace responsibility. Here, you know, we are accountable for this partnership. So it's more kind of, you know, hand in hand uh, platform uh, and really for businesses that are ready to take that step of growth.
0: How does this system compare to in-house teams? Why is it better than an in-house team, let's say, for a company?
1: Yeah, so I, I know I always use this example, you know, imagine you had the best email marketer in your industry in the world. The best one. Yeah. Obviously your results for email marketing would be awesome, right? Not from day one, probably from the, the first month. Obviously no business can really hire the best email marketer and the best Facebook ads expert and the best Google ads expert, et cetera, et cetera. They just can't. In our industry, the, the top talents really can't be hired. They build agencies like you did. They go and you know build their own independent work style. And this is you know in the marketing industry even more than any other industry, happened, maybe one of the first industries where it, it really happened because of the glass ceilings within agencies, because, you know, people understand that once I get to a certain point in a level of professionalism, mm-hmm. I can just do it myself. So the best talent can be hired only if there are freelancers or boutique agencies. And this is where the top talent is. So investing a lot in the hiring process and the onboarding process and training process, knowing you won't get the best talent for this specific expertise. For me, it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of effort not well spent. Yeah. Obviously I'm not saying, you know, in-house teams in general are wrong. I do believe I really believe in distributed marketing teams. There are some roles that for specific businesses are better to keep in-house. Because you know they speak to the brand all you know all day long. Whether it sometimes it's social media, sometimes it's partnership. Really, really depends on the business itself. Um, but there are type of expertise that you would you know never stand a chance to hire someone like that in house. You know, SEO experts, paid media experts, CRO, email, influencer marketing experts. Typically, you would find them outside of your organization. Another thing that is you know, lacking when you're only, you you know, only managing an in-house team is flexibility, right? Marketing is dynamic. Things happen in the industry. Some, you know, Suddenly, we have iOS updates on Facebook, and, and then what? Yeah. And yeah. you want to open new channels and you want to test new channels. And marketing is really one of, again, one of the most dynamic industries in the world. And your business needs to keep up with that. To have an in-house team where it takes time to hire, it takes time to train. And then, you know, when something changes, then what? Doesn't give it a lot of advantages versus having this, you know, dynamic options and flexible options of building your agile teams according to the company's goals.
0: Yeah. And as you said, there are constant changes. And if you have your in-house team, you have to have solid processes that uh, they make sure they update themselves about it. While the agency, let's say, they can, you know, use their internal resources to update themselves and their processes. So it's already done outside of your company and you can just hire the agency. And I think everyone should think about like what is more strategic, probably so social media it is, as you said, or content creation or what is more something where you have to be really agile. And I'm sure almost nobody wants to hire an SEO expert, like a world class one in-house, because an agency can completely deal with that. So it really depends on the role. Um, I agree with that. And I also want to ask you, so what differences you can see between uh, smaller companies and uh, bigger ones? Because I could see that you work with some enterprise level companies as well. And uh, what differences can you see when it comes to talent need, did or services needed?
1: Yeah, so obviously it really has to do with the stage of the business. So a lot of, uh, if we'll go to the, you know, e-com startups, you know, small companies that are just starting off. So typically they would like to have one talent that will help them with more than one type of expertise. Sometimes it wouldn't be the right choice. So we typically push into just hiring the right talent for one type of expertise that strategically would be the right one for the, for the brand. And it's a matter of resources. Obviously they need more, but, you know, at, at a certain point you can just invest in your media buyer and not, you know, hiring, you know, more experts as part of the team. And as the business grows and they, I think, you know, it really depends also on their experience with marketing service providers. So we see that as long as they have more experience they would hire more experts with people because they love the, the model. So you know we are very much going towards a model of teams and with a CMO with a service as well. On top of that, making sure you have a team of experts, each amazing in their own expertise, with someone who really manages them. It's a little bit similar to the, the agency model, only mm-hmm. it's not it's not an agency. It's not an agency, right? It's a, you know, freelance mm-hmm. experts. Everyone is kind of an expert of its own, but still, as an organization, you get a team around a goal. And again, it's flexible on your end, and and you know they're all vetted, and you know you know they know how to work together because they're well experienced. Obviously, the number of you know experts and the way they are managed you know make a big difference between those businesses and other. And obviously, the the channels as well. Uh, As you grow, you take more chances. You expand into more channels. When you're very small, you won't advertise on Pinterest versus. As you grow, you want to, you know, search more kind of channels and places to go through. So
0: how about location? So. Do you serve uh, one location or is it available worldwide in all countries where are the most uh, people you know marketers
1: So yeah. most of our marketers are located in North America in the US and Canada mm. so you know any brand that is targeting whether they're located or not located in in the US and Canada if they're targeting that market we will be able to serve them fully And also the UK and Australia are both markets that we are active in and Israel where we started from so still you know it's a small country we started here it's still a small activity but you know as you you look at Maple, we are very much focused still on North America. So the US and Canada, most of our marketers and most of our clients.
0: I think that those are great markets because probably the most advanced in marketing as well. However, uh, we love Israel as well here. Uh, <laughs> I have a few people following me and uh, we even do regular consultations and they are really smart people. So thanks for coming today and sharing the story of Maple and how businesses can use it. And thanks everyone who listened to us today. If you like this video, then uh, make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. And uh, if you listen to the podcast, then start following us on the major podcasting platforms and give us an honest review and uh, stay tuned everyone yeah thanks again